Welcome to more to come. PW Comic World's uh, <coughs> bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Um, check us out uh, at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And it is my uh, great uh, pleasure to uh, uh, to be talking today with Dean Haspel. My great uh, pleasure too. Uh, there you go. Uh, we've you. known each other for quite a while. Um, this is going to this is going to be a great chance to chat with him about some of the new things he's doing right now. He's got two new books, two two new books coming out. One's actually a, a comic series that I will be collected, I assume, into a yes. book uh, coming out from Archie Comics to the Fox, and also a new book, uh, Fear My Dear, uh, a return uh, of Billy Dogma and Jane Legit. Yes. Jane Legit. Um, uh, from a new publisher, Z2 Comics, um, uh, a, a new publishing house started by uh, Josh Frankel. We want to talk about that, um, about his background, indie comics publishing. Uh, he's the man. Welcome to More to Come. Thank you so much, Calvin. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> uh, you know, I could give a long intro and leave stuff out, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean, you're the author of, of The Quitter with Harvey Picar, uh, The Alcoholic. Uh, with uh, Jonathan Ames, two right. really tremendous graphic novels, really, uh, I guess, really graphic memoirs, I should say. Uh, also, uh, Cuba, My Revolution, a really extraordinary yes. book done uh, with a survivor of the Cuban Revolution yes. and a longtime friend of your mom's yes. uh, that I had a small part in of yes, able did. to write a, a little uh, essay for the, uh, the gallery exhibition yes. of the original yes. work. Yes. Um, but I, I won't keep chattering... Uh, Tell us a li- tell us a little bit about your beginnings because you're like a, a native son of New York, yes. uh, which is always you know, as someone who arrived in New York, um, always great to talk with someone that. No, that's got that's interesting started. you say that. I was born in New York Hospital and mm-hmm. I uh, grew up in the Upper West Side, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's funny. I always say one of the few things I'll never know is what it's like to come to New York City. <laughs> and I always hear about everyone's story, their first arrival, and I've always been here, so I'll never know it. So I, I do appreciate what it what it has, uh, and maybe I am a byproduct of it. Uh, anyway, with that in mind, uh, re- regarding comics, I've been wanting to do comic books since I was 12 years old, since uh, newsstands had mm-hmm. Fantastic Four and yep. Spider-Man and Batman, and I would go every week and spend my 35-cent allowance on comic books. I okay? hear you, man. So uh, I, hear you. I do miss those days because there was something magical about that, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and then there was a comic book shop, so on and so forth. But sure. since 12 years old, I dedicated my life to, tr- to figuring out how to make comic books. Yeah. It started with the idea of uh, taking that assembly line and going, I'm going to be the penciler. Mm-hmm. You know, and then later on, I was like, This is the classic comics assembly line where it's broken down into jobs. Way There's before a penciler, the, an right. anchor, letterer. Letterer, colorist, writer, editor, mm-hmm. uh, so on and so forth. And then it wasn't until I read uh, or I confronted Yummy Fur, ah, uh, Chester, Chester Brown, that I realized you not only could you be the auteur and do everything, mm-hmm. but you could do anything. Mm-hmm. And then there was Harvey Picard's American Splendor, yes, who I... would tell stories about his life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then you know there was this comic book called Star Wars that came out before mm-hmm. the movie by Howard Chaykin, mm-hmm. who uh, about I forget was it like nine or eleven years who later, worked eventually... I'd be his assistant. Worked so and work on an American Flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked at a studio called Upstart Studios with Howard Chaykin. Um, and Walter Simonson and James Sherman and the studio had previously housed Frank Miller, Jim Starlin, and other folks like that. Down the hall was Bill Sienkiewicz uh, with Dennis Kwan and Michael Davis. <laughs> and I worked for them yeah. first. Well, I worked for Bill first uh-huh. on New Mutants and Electra Assassin. And, like, these great comics were yeah. coming out in yeah. the 80s, right? Yeah. Um, and then I uh, worked, uh, collaborated with a guy named Martin Powell from Kentucky, and we mm-hmm. did a comic called The Verdict. 
Now, the verdict was I've basically... I've heard of it, but I've never read this. It, it's just, like, yeah. basically a cross between, like, uh, Iron Man, Boba Fett, and Batman, okay? Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's just, like, this vigilante in, in, a, in a place <laughs> called Thermo City. And uh, anyway, that was my first foray, foray, basically, into working with an indie publisher, mm-hmm. Eternity Comics, back then. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, slowly but surely, the dream, the goal was to draw Fantastic Four, was to yeah. work for the big two, Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I was just a little too indie. I've always said I hopscotch between being too indie for the mainstream, but too mainstream for the indie. Does that make sense? Uh, you know? I, I hear you, because you've always, to me, you, I mean, you and I, Paul Pope on sure. another event always have seemed to be, yeah, I mean, you were established in the comics, conventional comics industry. Sure, sure. But you were also these kind of avatars of independent right. publishing. I right, mean, right, to, right. to do it yourself. Right. Well, I was encouraged by the... You know, there was fantagraphics and drawn accordingly, mm-hmm. and like so, you're reading, you know, minimum wage. You're getting, which is back now mm-hmm. uh, after all these. Yes, years, yeah, absolutely. Yes, awesome. absolutely. Yeah, with Bob, Bob is also another guy. That, uh, exactly, and and then there's uh, they're setting the tone. You know, Daniel Klaus, Peter mm-hmm. Bag, Jessica mm-hmm. Abel, Adrian Tomine, those guys. You know, mm-hmm. those were my kind of my heroes. Going, you know what? These are great comics, and they they belong next to the superheroes. You know, the yeah. traditional superhero stuff that we read. So, as much as I love superheroes, I was also trying to scratch another itch, mm-hmm. you know, and then me and Josh Newfeld uh, yes, co-created right. Keyhole Comics, right, right, and then right. in Keyhole is where I developed this character called Billy Dogma, ah. okay? Now, Billy Dogma, for me, has always been, and, I'll, and this will lead to something, has always been uh, the reluctant anti-hero, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So, he, he, and he's in love with his, his, uh, his dame, Jane Legit, yeah. you know? And they, basically, their adventures don't really have a villain, the villains are kind of themselves. Is there, you know? the, the villain is in within. It's it within. Seems, you know? and, and what it is, it's <laughs> yeah, like just... what I discovered, and what <laughs> fear, my dear, is, and we'll get to that later as well, sure. is my uh, love letter to the insanity of love. But let me yes. hop back for a second. Because they are superheroes. They are of superheroes love. of love. They're titans of love. Yes, I call absolutely. It, right? There you go. So, but with that in mind, <laughs> I still been wanting to do superheroes. But weirdly enough, I didn't. My my name got put on the comic book map. Really, I'd say with the quitter. In yeah, 2005. Uh, oh, interesting. Collaborating, you know, I'm not being a superhero. Not being a superhero any, <laughs> at all. So I'm, any... I'm trying to be a superhero artist. I'm not really making hay that way. I'm doing this indie stuff where uh, it's kind of schizophrenic. Uh, mm-hmm. Where I'm doing Billy Dogma, which is kind of superhero. Then I'm doing some semi-autobiographical, and I'm doing all kinds of genre like crime and this and that. Right. And then little by small, I get oh, you can do a thing miniseries, you know, with Evan uh, Dorkin. So I did that, uh, you know. Uh, and then, like, yeah. you know, uh, then I'm pulling back and doing indie stuff again. Then I'm doing Billy Dogma. Then I'm doing Autobile. Meanwhile, um, I s- developed a relationship with Harvey Picard. Mm-hmm. And I did some American Splendors. And then that led to me suggesting to Ted Hope, the mm-hmm. film producer, y'all should make a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, guess what? They went and made this awesome movie. Yeah. You know? That's uh, awesome. It's still yeah, great yeah, to this yes. day. Like, it's it, it, it just well, innovative. It, it's, I mean, that... That might have been one of the first of the really transformative. Am I getting the timeline messed up? The, the, uh, that was over Alex, a decade ago. It's over um, a decade ago. American Splendor. I mean, it really changed the landscape for indie comic, uh, indie comics, indie comics, movies. and and also added. When did Ghost World come out? Was that Ghost World? I think was, came out after that. That was okay. I believe because I mean, yeah. obviously, it helps set the tone. It helps set the tone. We've, we've we've seen the superhero blockbuster movies, but this was a different kind of movie right. about right. Uh, about a different kind of comic, mm-hmm. and of course, it was a tremendous film. I would even say. Um, even though it's a superhero movie, it's a superhero parody. I'd say Mystery Men also helped mm-hmm. kind of make a uh-huh. dent. Yeah. Okay. Now we have now we have these like you said these blockbusters, and we have all these movies happening. Anyway, that leads to me still wanting to tell that classic story, superhero story. Okay. So what I wasn't doing in Billy Dogma, I was saving for 
uh, Marvel DC mm-hmm. and now Red Circle slash yeah, Archie yes. Comics, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. So um, with the Fox, which is this story that um, I just did recently for Red Circle, which is an imprint of Archie. Right. This is a these are bringing classic superheroes or, or almost obscure superheroes, obscure Golden Age heroes back into yes, yeah, nineteen forty. Yes, mm-hmm. these characters mm-hmm. were created. Okay, yeah. so. Like and to the point to the to the point where like basically people are like wait what's a fox who's a fox <laughs> yes, where's well, a fox that was like, kind of my response all? exactly as it should be <laughs> and so it's our job to make you like the fox yeah. hopefully with the first issue uh, hopefully you want to pick it up based on a cover you get inside mm-hmm. you're boom okay I'm I'm hooked hopefully okay. that's the idea okay. but um for me I was playing with like pulp genres you know mm-hmm. I was mixing things up I was throwing fantasy mm-hmm. around. Um, I was trying to also tell the classic journals, uh, journeys uh, hero, you know, mm-hmm. kind of uh, sure. hero's journey that is the quest, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, yeah. the, the uh-huh. quest. But I was doing it kind of hip checking Billy Dogma in that this guy doesn't want to be a superhero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. fox, you know, came back home from Japan. He escaped right. the whole superhero scene. S- set the scene a little bit because okay. he, in some ways, he's kind of he seems like uh, in your version it seems a mashup of a lot of comic superhero tropes from yes. the. Uh, you know, the, the self-questioning superhero yes. who's a photographer. Yes, yes, yes. Um, There's a little bit of Peter Parker in there. But then it's kind of psychedelic. <laughs> and then it gets psychedelic. <laughs> and thank God I had Alan Pasolacqua, the guy who colored the book, mm-hmm. to work with. Oh, the, the color and production is awesome. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, we would talk about it. But you talk about something and then you see it is two different things sometimes, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, we were on the same page. Like, he's like my right arm yes. in this series. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind... Um, so I, I wanted to tell this story, but you know I don't want to rehash something we've already seen, and mm-hmm. and nobody's really interested in in a knight in shining armor. They want someone with problems. That's yes. what we yeah. all do, and we can relate, right? Yeah. So the way I related to the fox was to make him go, well, what kind of you know he, this guy can't help himself. Mm-hmm. He's actually good at being a superhero, mm-hmm. but he's so distracted by so many other things, like moderating a bingo tournament or like <laughs> you know cooking a new recipe for his wife or going you know dealing with his son. Well, I or love like how that. his domestic life. Uh, and we'll hear more about that sure, later as sure. well. Plays into his superhero career. It, it, it's because, like, when he's being a superhero, he's thinking about the wife and kid, yeah, yes. and and trying to get to normal. Yeah. But when he's uh, being in the normal, he gets sideswiped by the, the by the bizarre. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> it, it does. So indeed. it's just a roller coaster for him. Exactly, and in comic books. So like, there's there's definitely an indie quality to it. Yes. And in fact, I would I would hazard to say that like with books like um, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Or Daredevil, or these cool like kind of like indie slants to mm-hmm. the Marvel heroes and the DC mm-hmm. heroes. I would put that up with there. You know, even though it's got the crazy, you know, yes, it's got yes, the superhero yeah. stuff that yeah. you know superhero fans want. I also th- feel like there's other stuff going on in there that you know speaks to the the independent you know buyer reader. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I know that the lines are blurring. It's not like like yeah. back in the mm-hmm. day when you only read black and white comics and you only yeah. read you know Marvel and then mm-hmm. versus DC and all that. Like everybody reads everything. Yeah. I hope today, but that's because all the lines are blurring, and I feel like I was blurring a lot of those lines in the Fox. Without so, a doubt, yeah, and I, and with the help of Mark Wade doing mm-hmm. dialogue. Oh, yeah, that's what well, you yes. know. Because okay. I want to jump on that just for a second, sure. because I mean, really, as you read the Fox, it seems that it's the linchpin that brings the whole Red Circle line together. It seems um, so so far. But it's also <laughs> because they there are cameo appearances. There, there as, are cameo. Uh, and I, I will and mention, I, won't yeah. mention, but they're right. Also, more really interesting is really the classic Marvel technique of creating comics that you know we all know where the artists. It really had almost a, 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 a more important role sure. than 
the lyricist, if, sure. if I can use that term. That, that, that's a good And term. that's how you and Mark are working together. And, and, and I approached Mark saying, hey, listen, I've always wanted to work with you. We've been wanting to work with each other uh, since 2007. I've always been a fan, mm-hmm. but we actually spoke about it in 2007 mm-hmm. on the heels of the death of Mike Ringo, mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. his, uh, yeah. you know, basically uh, his uh, Jack Kirby to his Lee sure, on sure. Fantastic Four, which was a great run that mm-hmm. they did together. And I think they also did The Flash and other comics. But, um... Ever since then, we've been talking about it. So I finally called him up. I said, I have an opportunity here to do something. Now, I could write The Fox. Mm. Uh, it would probably be fine. Mm. But a couple of things. Mark is so good at writing that kind of stuff yeah. anyway. Yeah. And I knew that he would be the glue. In other words, I'm going to throw a lot of stuff out there. Mm. And hopefully the editor will, will, will dig it. And he did. And mm-hmm. you know, we shaped it. You know? Cool. But mm-hmm. um, he was going to sew it together with his words, you know, and give it the kind of personality and give the characters different personalities than maybe I could even come up with. And he knocked it out of yeah. the ballpark, okay? So we got to work in that way. And like you said, in an old school method of making comics, where basically, I mean, the what I've heard is that at some point Stan Lee would just have conversations with these artists, mm-hmm. maybe type up a quick synopsis so they mm-hmm. go away. They make a 20-page story. They bring it back. There's notes on the margins. They, he I find that amazing, too. It, Even when I first learned about the Marvel method, right, I, right. I was really sort of blown It's away. a little scary because I think <laughs> yeah. it really relies on the artist to be a writer, okay, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then um, every artist has a different way they pace a story. So then there's Stan Lee keeping, you know, towing the Marvel Comics line. I think at one point early on, it was probably 11 issues a month that they had to produce. Now it's like, bunch more as yeah, we know right. but one guy slash editor writer working with a few artists to create this Marvel universe okay so I give Stan Lee props yeah, for being absolutely. able to put that together you not, know? not a fashionable position these days I know, give, I know. Stan, give Stan I, his credit but, no, uh, but I, I know and then listen he, and he, I, he, I agree he deserves it and he also like you know I, I he just had a different business practice you know he was he was part of the family and, you know, he basically, he doesn't own any of this stuff either, you know? Yeah, no, he's suing, I mean, he seems to sue Marvel every couple of years That's anyway. true, that's true, there you go. So, so, and, so, and listen, I got Jack Kirby's back and I got Steve Dickens back. Absolutely. But I also, absolutely. I'm not there to bash Stan Lee, who absolutely. also gave me all these great comics too. And you can't ignore the role that he played. No. You simply can't. You no. Know, I had a right. good fortune to meet him a couple of years ago. I've met a couple times too. Blown, you know, I was a... He was a goofy fan as soon as I saw him. You can't help it. You melt. You melt <laughs> yeah, around absolutely. that guy. So, uh, but with, with that method of, of being able to do that, which is a little scary, but, you know, earlier on, like, going back to, like, me, 12 years old, I'm going to pencil something someday. Now I'm writing stuff. Now yeah. I'm, you know, making up the stories as well. That was something that I had to come to regarding confidence. Like, I didn't have that kind of confidence. I didn't have that built into me. But luckily, I grew up around storytellers. I love movies. I love reading. Comic books taught me how to make comic books, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that in mind, it was less scary to, to use this method now. Uh, and the method changed a little bit on the fifth issue, which is the the the, the final story uh, chapter of the Freak Magnet arc in the Fox, mm-hmm. uh, where James Demetrius. Uh, well, we did mm-hmm. a sneaky little thing, and I don't know if you've gotten because you said you didn't read issue five. I haven't read issue five, but there's a backup feature f- featuring the Shield in the Fox. Oh series. yes, okay. okay. Now I've read some of the Shield because okay. yeah, so maybe well, I have read it. The funny thing is, yeah. is that the Shield and the Fox meet up 
70 oh, years in the past right. in the okay. last page of issue 4 and then it takes it and, and brings it home Okay, it brings yeah. it to where this story is yeah. supposed to go yeah. but we weren't telling anybody that because you were supposed to just go, oh, I'll read the backup feature as an extra, right? Well, Meanwhile, we, we're so I seeding that story. I think I have read this because all of a sudden I've, I've seen that everything is kind of it will, in the last coming page together. of issue four. So maybe I have read this and haven't. Yeah, okay. oh, no, no, let's read issue that, four. It starts It's a reveal. All right. I don't then, have my issues with me. That's fine. On it. And then, and then uh, <laughs> issue five kind of like, and when you get yeah. to it, it'll be a lot of fun. But yeah. what's cool, uh, and then we switched up the method a little bit. Because at that point, because J.M. Demetrius was writing this backup feature, mm -hmm. I was like, well, I had a small discussion with him about, like, you know, obviously he knew what was happening in the, in the lead story with the Fox, and we, we knew we were going to converge the stories, but it was going to he was going to take the baton, as it were, yeah. the narrative mm -hmm. baton, and take it home. And, I, of course, I trusted him. This is a guy who's written the, some of the greatest Spider-Man sure. stories, mm -hmm. uh, Captain America, mm -hmm. you know, so many, and his own stories, his own mm -hmm. uh, creations. And, in fact, uh, uh, The Life and Times of Savior 28 with artist Mike Cavallaro. So I knew they'd be perfect for this series. Um, so anyway, uh, I won't spoil it. You'll read it. It's okay. a great ending. I love it. Uh, and now I'm in talks with uh, Archie Red Circle about doing a second awesome. Fox series. All right. So, but yes, regarding because uh, we're here talking about books, there is a collection, uh, the Fox Freak Magnet, and I believe it comes out sometime in May. Great. And great. Uh, it's affordable. And if you haven't gotten the comics. Uh, you can get the book, you Good. know, uh, coming out soon. Yep, so. check it out. Uh, it's a really fun uh, superhero. But you know, it's a, it, it, as much as it is a, is a superhero adventure story, mm -hmm. it, it it is a it is it, re it really is a fun commentary on superheroes. It's got that time. going on as well. It, it yeah. winks a lot. Yeah. A lot of tongue in cheek things Absolutely. happening, and uh, there are moments where like. I don't know. There's a little bits of comedy, and it's whimsical. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, it's very psychedelic. Yeah, and that was that's, one of the words I the used color in my is pitch. Really, I mean, the, the the drawing, the story, all great, but the color really it's, makes it's is eye popping thing. and fun. It's you know, on every page. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Awesome. So now we're gonna we're gonna segue because you've got another book coming out. Yes. Yeah. And this is like an original graphic novel, though yes. you, you you bring in some old material. Okay. But nevertheless, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for those of us that love Billy Dogma and have been waiting for a book collection, uh, this is gonna is. be great. Fear Here My Dear. <laughs> Tell us about All it. All right. So Fear My Dear, a Billy Dogma experience, published yes. by Z Two. Um, so what that is, it's a it's a comic. It, it's a compilation. Of two web comics I did for uh, Activate Comics, which is which we're going to talk about a little later sure. at the end. But go on, um, and that's basically a web collective, mm -hmm. web comics collective. And uh, it took me two years uh, to work on this series. What I was doing was this, and this is this can speak to the industry a little bit. Um, when you work on a graphic novel, like I was with The Quitter, or uh, with Harvey Pekar, or Jonathan Ames on The Alcoholic, or with Inverna Lopez on uh, Cuba mm -hmm. My Revolution. You disappear for a year. Yes. You're gone. Yes. And that's cool and whatnot. And yeah, you should because you're working on a job that will yeah. come out. But then what happens usually is that it comes out, it's got maybe a little month of play, and unless it's Watchmen or Dark Knight, it kind of goes away, right? So yeah. I decided, well, let's take advantage of the web here. Let's use this mm -hmm. as like a 24-7 resume. You know, exactly. people uh, get bored, and what do they do nowadays? They go online. They're, they're, I everyone, know I do. Everyone, exactly. <laughs> and I do it too. Social sure. networking, everything, that's how we procrastinate, yeah. okay? So when you do that, you come upon things. You stumble upon stuff. So, I, you know, you got to keep these, these things mm -hmm. out there. So, so I decided, well, if I'm going to disappear on a job for a year, and thankfully I have a job for a year mm -hmm. in the comics industry, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, create a webcomic that I do weekly. 
so that I'm here at least once a week. And this is, you know, there's live journal, there's blogging, and this yeah. is way before Facebook, where now you just show what you had for lunch, yes. and that's news. Yeah, okay. Right. So, um, but this was this a, is actual content. This is actual content, right? So, uh, and then and then like I decided, uh, well, I'll keep this out there. And then what I'm doing slowly but surely is I'm working on two projects mm -hmm. at the same time. If I can devote at least one day a week uh, or one night a week, you know, do my daily job and then work on this comic, uh, that's what I was doing. So I knew at some point I wanted to uh, mm -hmm. collect this story, remaster it, and put it together in print. Great. So um, I think in a way what, what uh, the Internet is is one great beta tester. It's like you're putting stuff out there, you're seeing how people react. Absolutely. Well, and you can do that, and then you always have a second chance to revamp, make it better, you know, smarten exactly. it up. And Listen that, to the readers. Uh, and that webcomic becomes, you know, a kind of 24-7 marketing and promotional campaign all for the subsequent print book that's coming yes, down the line. Yes, so. and then And then things start to piggyback on each other, mm -hmm. you know, and there's boomerang effects. It's kind of weird what happens. Yeah. As long as you, um, I always say, show up to the party yeah. or show up to your yeah. own party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's so <laughs> many shy cartoonists or people are like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, really? You know... I was talking, speaking of Bob Fingerman mm, earlier, sure. I was talking to Bob one time. I was like, why do we make comics? And he said something mm. really interesting. He said, um, we're compelled to communicate with strangers. Oh, and right. I was like, yeah. that is interesting. As an yeah. author, as a creator and sure. a writer, an artist, you are, yeah, sure, I can talk to you because you're my friend, or I can talk to other friends or family members, mm. and I can show them my stuff, and they'll give me the latitude yeah. and time. Mm. It's the people you don't know. With, well, those are the without ones, a doubt. You know, and I also add as visual storytellers, mm -hmm. you reach into an even deeper old brain, you wow. know, nerve lizard, the lizard like, uh, you know, center at the core of the human brain. I, I mean, pictures were the first language. Yeah. I mean, that those are the first hieroglyphics. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Those are the first markings. And that's in fear, my dear. That, actually, yeah, absolutely, there's a section <laughs> in there. I mean, this is that. That's the beginnings of the you know of, yeah. of language. Our yeah. pictures. I mean, yeah. in my you know, I have a little art background, and you know, and I always think drawing is thinking. But even more, it's kind of the history of our species. I even I even hazard that the very first memory. Is a girl's ass. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you know what? Read fear, my dear, and you, you know go. what? Uh, you, 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 your words will come to visual life. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, but and, and 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 just again to talk about fear, my dear, which is. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay, I man. I apologize that's, for my honesty. That's why we're doing it on the internet. <laughs> that's right, exactly. That's, <laughs> you that's can say happens. any freaking thing. We can uh, link, we can hyperlink those, those audio words. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, for fans of, uh, 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 well, people who might be fans of Billy Dogma or could be fans, I really do believe Fear My Dear. Hey, this is what I think. Fear, if I was to die today, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> if I had to pick one personal work, it is Fear My Dear. Yeah. That is my mm -hmm. book. That would be like one of the, you know, the top three things I hope is written on my grave or whatever kind of thing. But coincidentally, my favorite superhero collaboration thus far is the Fox. So they kind of mm -hmm. complement each other. Mm -hmm. So it is an interesting time for me because these books are coming out back to back. Yeah. Fear My Dear first, then the Fox. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you'll get a really good sense of me as an artist and author. Uh, and hopefully you'll want more, and I'm well, there to I make more so. and try well, my best. Well, it definitely shows yeah. off just the range of, of your skills. Well, thank you. But, but jumping back to Billy Dogma, I mean, Billy okay. Dogma is, well, it's a great comic, and it's an unusual comic, yeah. because yeah. it's, I mean, it's, 
you know, it's it's a rough and tumble romance yeah, comic. Yeah, it is. But you know what? It's the language that you bring to your images is is poetry, and it's and it's Thank a you. really it's an it's an unusual, it's an eccentric, but it's a beautiful and touching. It. Uh, mechanism of verse, really. Um, I, and I wrote some things down here that, that, that don't do it justice, but there's some incredible lines. Crying is like laughing, only sadder. <laughs> only sadder. Uh, Billy, you spark the napalm in my, my apocalypse. apocalypse. Um, and I could go on and on Thank and you. on, but there's so many. And this goes Thank back you. to Daydream Lullabies, where I oh first encountered, where I first encountered. Um, Billy Man. Dogma, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna read a little bit from the r- r- review, and I wrote this. You know, I, 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 I wrote this years ago, and I had this. I said I called it a superhero parody that is funny and smart. Uh, introduces Billy Dogma, the gun-toting, the berserk gun, which, yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yep. which is also in the book. The yep. hero of Trip City, a place where trafficking in an unsolicited belief system and daydreaming of a better tomorrow are considered crimes. Now, I won't read the whole thing, but, but yes. this is where Billy Dogma yes. starts from, yes. and his, his, his presence and his language and his impact and his, well, thank and you. his love. Thank, and his well, love. Well, Jane Legit, his girlfriend, yes. just explodes on the page. Yes, and, and, and thank you for recognizing that. And I do believe, without tooting my own horn, uh, I've experienced this many times, not only with movies and books, uh, working with Howard Chaikin on American Flag, and even though it was a critically acclaimed book and probably mm. did well, it's still ahead of its time. Oh, without a doubt, American Flag so, blew me away. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and I worked on that. Yeah. Okay. So, what I'm saying is, in a weird way, I, I feel that m- my Billy Dog, my ideas are a little ahead of its time. I don't know if in my lifetime it'll get to the place it needs to be. Maybe it's just that too personal mm. or too unique. But we're also living in a time where everyone is supposed to be unique. People are tired of the same. Yes. They want something well, personal. Especially the case in comics. What we call signature works, yes. I like to say. Uh, so much so that if you want to happen to activate for a second, yes. that was explained yeah. before. Let's talk about activate. Sure. Okay, so, and, and, but give us some background. Give okay. the listeners who may not know right. about activate. Because this so, was also a really kind of a seminal effort on your part. Thank you. So so what it is, it was a group effort. And yes. what it, what it was is uh, speaking again to the idea of like, well, I don't want to disappear and work for a publisher and then not have my action out mm-hmm. there, especially if that I'm that kind of artist, cartoonist, mm-hmm. that you know wants to spread his wings, okay? Yeah. So uh, I took advantage of the internet. I took advantage of li- uh, live journal and blogging mm-hmm. pla- platforms and the fact that you could build a website, so on and so forth, and uh, worked with a collective of other artists to put out weekly comics and commit to that. Yeah. Because part of the thing I did understand is like you can start something, if you don't finish it, people will walk away and they'll never forgive you. Because like they're committing to this. You know, the reader is the co author. That's yeah. something I learned a long no, time that's ago. That's a good point. You know? Because it doesn't really that 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 spark of recognition that is is that's connected between an artist and his fans. Right. It's, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise you're working in a vacuum. Yeah. Okay. And and so anyway, you have to commit to that. So with that in mind, we created Activate, and uh, and now this is an online aggregation of a wide variety of yes. comics. Yes, now it's it's wider than it was. It yeah. started, I believe, with seven or eight people. I see. Mm-hmm. I think because we took a day each kind of thing. Yeah, you know? I see. Mm-hmm. So it's probably like seven people. Yeah. Then um then it grew. Uh, we had new waves. We added mm-hmm. more people, and it grew exponentially. And eventually, and, a book collection. And book collection. Mm-hmm. We did the Activate Primer with mm-hmm. IDW, which mm-hmm. was a taste of yeah. stuff. In fact. The stuff that was in the book was not online. It was, it was oh, meant so, to yes, get you to go read more. Send you to the book. Right. Sure. Cool. So, uh, and then um, I left Activate approximately two years ago because 
honestly, I wasn't doing as much free web comics. I got too much work to do, you mm-hmm. know? So it kind of worked. Yeah. You know, doing the work for free got me the work for pay. Yeah. Okay? So um, I still dabbled a little bit. So I kind of left two years ago, and I realized another thing. I was like, I want to do other stuff besides comic books. You know, I mm-hmm. worked uh, uh, with Jonathan Ames on HBO's Bored to Death. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and we I, I neglected to mention that. An Emmy Award I, I for Emmy Award. designing the, t- the, the, the opening credit, credit sequence. credits. So yeah. let's get that in. An Emmy yeah. Award-winning <laughs> graphic novel artist. They told me I had to change my name to that. <laughs> there so. <you> <laughs> So anyway, uh, and and so and also I did all the artwork on, uh, for the Zach Galifianakis character that was loosely that's based right. on me. Cool. So, that's anyway. right. That's right. Yes. 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 So, I'm leaving uh, too much stuff out. You're yeah, right. Yeah. And that was great fun. And <laughs> and, 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 and Ames is one of my best friends. So <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, but with that in mind, yes. So I'm writing TV pilots. I'm writing some screenplays. Something mm-hmm. I've been doing since I went to SUNY Purchase. Uh, film school, mm-hmm. okay? So it's mm-hmm. not like something brand new and right. a trendy thing. Yeah. I've always wanted to make movies. Yeah. Movies are my favorite thing. Um, as and, and the thing that's great about comics is the that you have a blank page that has no budget, right? Yes. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> one frame of celluloid film or video <laughs> digital, well, now it's a little cheaper with digital, but, uh, but there's a lot of other it's considerations. It's not cheaper than comics. It's not cheaper than comics, exactly. <laughs> so um, so with that all in mind and, and, and doing, and, and, and podcasts, what we're doing right now, yeah. And, and writing uh, literature and essays and short stories and other types of art, uh, a multimedia art form. We created, uh, I, well, I co-created this thing called Trip City. Yes, okay? yes. So Trip City was kind of a transition from me from going from Activate. And it's kind of international, too, because you've got a, don't you have a UK component we, who's we, posting stuff We had Trip so City? many different kinds of folks in this. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think Activate's gone a little international as yeah, well yeah. with mm-hmm. uh, Igor Corday and some other mm-hmm. folks. Simon Fraser is now yeah. the chaperone of Activate. Oh, that's right. So, mm-hmm. um, and he's gotten more of those folks in there, mm-hmm. and that's great. Uh, and so, anyway, so then I did. Uh, we did the experiment of Trip City, and that was great for me because I got to put out a lot of different types of things. So I wasn't. I hate to say this, but I wasn't just a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Even though just a cartoonist is great, not bad. Okay? No, but not exclusively a cartoonist. Exactly. Yeah. So I wanted to show a range. Yeah. Okay, and put out other stuff. And because I've been hobnobbing and talking to other types of folks and whatnot, mm-hmm. I need that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing about uh, putting out a free website is that it's free. <laughs> okay, you do all this work. Okay, and 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 then when you kind of curate and edit other people, they're relying on you to do the marketing right. and all all the pimping. The great and thing about web comics is free, and the bad thing about a web comic is it's free. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Now there's a different kind of currency you get yeah. out from that, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, a hopefully you're growing a fan base. Yes, you're building and, an and audience. And building an audience mm-hmm. and and relationships and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And you're also you're making cool stuff yeah. usually, yeah. or you're experimenting mm-hmm. cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a while, it's like, you know, uh, I'm going to be 47 in May, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I I have enough free stuff out there. Just click my, just put in my yeah, name. Yeah. You'll yeah. get tons of yeah, stuff. You, you can go for weeks. Yeah. You can go for weeks <laughs> uh, yeah. just clicking on stuff, yeah. whether you like it or not. So I'm like, all right, I got that. I paid those dues. Because so, we haven't mentioned street code, but, but go on. Oh, right. Yeah, street but code. that's a whole other thing. And that's, that is something else, because that will go toward, uh, I want to talk a little bit about self-publishing, too. Yes, okay. So, um... But with uh, Trip City, I decided, okay, I've done, done that for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, there is a perception. You know, if somebody pays for something, whether it's 99 cents or something, they kind of indulge it a little more immediately than they would if it were for free. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I think what happens is that, you know, you have so much free out there, you push it to the side. You push it to the side. You, you'll get to it. 
But the minute you pay for it, then there's like, you oh, I attention. might I'll pay, <laughs> you pay attention as well. So I, that's what I was discovering. I was like, I can pimp this all day long, and they'll get to it, and once in a while I get a nice little note or whatever, but like it's not enough, you know? And you are breaking your back. So uh, you need both. You need, I mean, but I free think, is an aspect of pay. It, it, all, it should always be a it is. And, and and for me, there's previews, mm-hmm. there's, yeah. there's extras, there's all this right. stuff you can do, podcasts and all that stuff. I, I buy into that, yeah. okay? But after a while, you know, you got to respect yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day. <laughs> so so I think that it's not it's not just about money, mm-hmm. but I live in a big city, man. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, the page rates stay the same, but the bills get higher. So, but Trip City also brought in uh, a number of other cartoonists. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I love is that when you you're creating platforms for yourself, but these really are platforms that reach across to really kind of uh, uh, empower a variety of people. I mean, Thank you for Seth recognizing. Kushner, that. No, 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 I mean, yes. it gives Seth other Kushner, people a platform. Chris Miscavige, Jeffy Buren. Yes, I mean, so I'm leaving. I'm, I'm yeah. so many out. But and Trip a bunch. City is a, it's like an online salon. It of is talent. online. Exactly, and and. And, you know, hopefully you'll dig what's there. Mm-hmm. And the idea for me is we live in a world right now where, frankly, everyone's just doing me, 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 me. And I'm trying to curate experiences that you are me. If I like what you're doing, you get a share, a like. I, yeah. I, put, I help edit and put up something that you did because I like what you do. Mm-hmm. Because you are me. Mm-hmm. And we're all together, okay? That's my that's my 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 Avengers. That's my Fantastic Four. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I hear, you, I hear you, man. I hear like, you. Like or or my Mighty Crusaders for for the Red Circle fans. But um, you know, for me, that's that's or you know, what really comes from the Rat Pack. I always admired the, the concept of the Rat Pack, and I don't mean um John Hughes. Or whatever they were called, the Brad. You're about, you're t- no, no, right. no, no. You're talking, talking about, about Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra and and, uh, Martin, and Dino, Joey Bishop. <laughs> I think was his name. Sure, Joey Bishop. And uh, there was a fifth guy. But yeah. um, like, there, there's me, more. The, yeah. But that, that's such a cool concept, you know. Yeah. The, the, Dino, like I said, Dean Martin. There he you was go. Over, he, was, right? he was one, and that's how I saw my comics. Yeah. So, um, but no, to me, I, I think you know you can't work in a vacuum. You can't just do it for yourself. You should be aware that you you have to put stuff out there for you. Okay, or else why are we doing this as well? Yes. But like it, the piggyback nature has always been something that's been very important to me and critical to my success. I think, and, and I pay it forward. We're going to segue from that because we're we're living in a very interesting time now for artists. Uh, you've talked about this in uh, I've heard you on panels as well as you know in bars yep, <laughs> talk yep. about like you know the nature of what you do is changing mm-hmm. uh, the way publishers relate to artists. Uh, the, some of this has been the internet disrupting it. Some of it is the comics industry uh, dealing with some long needed changes. Yeah. Some of it is artists having a lot more tools yes. to present themselves because of the digital transition. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done some stuff with Activate and Trip City, but you've also talked about. The nature of an artist working today, but being right. a comics artist or right. a prose writer or other things. So maybe right. tell us a, a little bit about it. you've got to kind of make your own world. You, I, this is kind of what you've been talking about. I, I have been making my own world for a long time because, again, I wasn't necessarily sanctioned. Mm-hmm. And when I say sanctioned, I mean by the people who pay for you, yeah, yeah. or want you know yeah. th- their books to look like a certain way, or they or they hire you to do what you've been doing. Yeah. I had to do what I'm doing now for a little while, yeah. so I could be hired that way. In fact, I had a conversation that was really kind of shocking to me the other day uh, with Archie. I won't get too much into it mm-hmm. except they finally, they said we love what you did in the Fox, now can you do what you do on Billy Dogma on the Fox? Oh, I'm okay. like, what are you talking about? This like, is interesting, yeah. Like, stylistically artistically, oh. they want me to go full frontal Dino. Whoa, okay. okay. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it. That's the only way I can put it, okay. And, I love it. 
I was I like, know, that's not what you usually hear from no, a mainstream no, publisher. You no, know, you don't. Like, and, it's and usually, it's usually like, this is how you do it. And or how style, yeah. or do it more like yeah. this, because that's what's trendy yeah, and yeah. happening, right? And like, don't bring in. No, they're actually saying, <laughs> be signature, <laughs> oh. Dean. You know? And that's actually a little that's scary re- to that, me. It's, it's refreshing. Re- it's refreshing but, to hear. But, and then suddenly I'm like, wait a second, what? Like, I thought I was rebelling and doing me on the side. Now I'm going to put me in front of the, of the spotlights? I mean, even though Fear My Dear is that, I still have... You know, I'm leaning on a Fox right. or a you Fantastic know, have, Four yes, or whatever I've done. my day job over here. But. My day job. <laughs> now my day job is me? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how to comprehend that. Well. Now, we'll see how it works out. But that's the challenge right now. But that's what I've been leading up to all these years. Think about that. You know, like, I've been, like, trying to be... I've been trying to discover who I am. And then what happens is that you look back and you notice yeah. your trends. Oh, I always write about this. Yeah. I tend to like to draw that. You know, this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's the journey for a lot of artists to go through. And today, man, you're talking about publishing or, or, you know, I'm at Publishers Weekly right now. All I see is print, right? And they yeah, say right. print is dead. Well, <laughs> you know, here. print is transitioning, <laughs> you know. Sure, it's easier to download and, and not, you know, f- become a hoarder in your house. You should see my house uh, because, you know, I'm 47. And I'm going to, I have books, you know, it's what we do, you know. Maybe you should see my apartment. I'm sure. <laughs> but but at, at the same time, I respect the digital age and I understand yes. what that means. And I know where I, I my, I think what's going to happen to comics is that the pamphlet will go the way of digital, but then the collections will be offered in two ways. A digital download, mm-hmm. or you want something really nice and special and look sexy. Yeah, exactly. Boom, here's a nice print edition exactly. for this amount of money. Because people, people still want it. They, they still want, want it. their book, especially in comics. I've always said, and this will change, I've always said you can't gift a gift. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, or is it right. a GIF? Yeah, or a JPEG? You can't yeah. gift a gift. No, I mean, no. you can buy somebody a subscription yeah, or something, but really, nice, but really, no, people like to hold something yeah, in their hands. Exactly. You know, in the Great Depression in the exactly. 30s, when everything was going down, yeah, you know yeah. what? The only thing that stayed alive and well was Hallmark cards. Uh, yeah. Because people <laughs> still had birthdays and anniversaries and celebrations, and you could still spend 30 cents or a dollar on a card, okay? People like to hold something in their hands. They want to touch it. You know, and and the thing about comics, because sure you got your superheroes, and that is our uh, American mythologies, yes. as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. Greeks and the Norse sure. had theirs. America's got superheroes, okay, yeah. uh, or at least our version of that. Yeah. But what else is happening in comics is the auteur, the the the, the age of the auteur, mm-hmm. okay, and and that means that there are more personal works. So people who are relating to certain works and certain stories and certain mm-hmm. art styles and and certain mm-hmm. passages of words and whatnot. They're like, I want to share that, like they would maybe a poetry book or a sure. novel mm-hmm. or a movie, whatever, or a song. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is. It, it is. It, we finally came. You know, comics rose to the challenge. We have the library, you know, for it, and we have the fan base. And, and now we have the mm-hmm. digital tools. Yes, the DIY that allow people like you. Yes. To either go the route of a mainstream publisher, right. or if they can't get their act together, right. you can take it to the people yourself. Yes, and, and what I'm looking at more these days... And actually, as you were saying before, maybe get you back around to the mainstream publishing house that you, you know, that, that maybe thought that they didn't want to use you at first. The, the, this is going to sound a little, and I'm still forming my opinion, mm-hmm. it may sound a little controversial. Because Good. I'm an old fogey, okay? <laughs> but I'm meeting a lot of kids, I'll say, now at my age, who are doing pop-up galleries and doing these yeah. little tiny trip sure, yeah, runs, yeah. and they're, they're thinking small, mm-hmm. okay? And I get it because they're saying, well, I'm not even going to try to compete, you know, with, mm-hmm. with the, the big two or, yeah. or publishing houses or corporate thought, mm-hmm. okay, or corporate methods. I get that. I understand. And that's mm-hmm. really cool. But guess what? Um, all right. 
Nick Bertozzi, who's another George, great yeah, cartoonist, cartoonist, when he used to live with me, mm-hmm. and he'd be drawing at his art table, I'd be drawing at mine, he had a little note hanging over his art table that said, live like a rat, be a rat. And I was like, what are you trying to say, yeah. son? <laughs> What's up <laughs> with that? say we live like... And he said, no, no, no. This is fine for now, yeah. but I got a girlfriend, maybe I want to get married to her and have mm-hmm. kids. I, I I I do comics now in a, in a, you know a starving artist way, but maybe I want to make a living out of it. Mm-hmm. It was just a way to mentally think mm-hmm. differently. Like that's okay for now, but get out of it and sure. motivate. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think that we've gone with the DIY age mm-hmm. of like digital this and that, and like we have people that don't look at editors, don't look at publishers, don't even look at their own peers to make their action. Yeah, and what they do is they come out with these little tiny little mm-hmm. boutique things. Yeah. So everyone is the CEO of their own circumference, <laughs> right? Yeah. So what's going on with that? And that's that's fine and dandy. Yeah. But after a while, you've petered out, man. It's done. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, Chris Rock on the Mark Marin podcast, WTF, that said when he first had to do comedy, he said he had to appeal to over millions of people. We had 12 channels. Mm-hmm. He had to, millions upon millions of people he had to appeal to. Now, if you have a 5,000-person fan base, yeah. you're good. You can make, you, it, you yeah. can make a living now because those people will fund you yeah. and you can get by. And that is cool, and that's gr- the good news. Mm-hmm. But don't keep it there. Yeah. So what I've discovered is like I am interested in the line, the line being an editor saying, hey, I Dean, see, we'd yeah. like to tap you yeah, to do see. something. And you can say yes or no. Mm-hmm. But to have somebody officially that's trying to make money, because that's all they're trying to do, is, yes. is keep this ship alive, Absolutely. keep it floating, okay? They are looking out, and they, they are experimenting a little bit. And I think that they are saying, you know, I, I like it when someone comes to me that, uh, you know, is in the corporate world, and, or, or there's a certain line, mm-hmm. whether it's a gallery, sure. or a publisher, or a museum, or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of, you know, taps me on the shoulder, you know? The what I do today is, has is, options today. The artist has options. I mean, way more options than in the past. It yes. seems to me. Yes. To, and, to and do your own thing, but to do a thing that's supported, you know, by a publisher with a platform. Well, to me, the, the key to working with a publisher, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say this one word: participation. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah, maybe you have to do... Maybe they look at your numbers. They look how well sure. the last book did. They see how many Facebook friends you've got and yes. Twitter friends or whatever. And that that can feel like... Can I curse? Yeah, go ahead. That can feel like horse shit, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but I also go understand why they're doing it because there's a certain, I'll just say, laziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, to, to marketing where they're like, hey, how much can you do for me? Right. You know? But believe me, that's what's happening in the pros book. It's world happening well. everywhere, mm-hmm. okay? So um, in that, with that in mind, so you got to be your own publicist. You got to be your own, you know, almost like your own publisher. Because when a publisher becomes synonymous with paying the printer's bill only, that can get a little yeah. frustrating. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So very interesting. So anyway, with that in mind, I want to work with a publisher that participates. That says, "All right, I'm going to front the money on the printer bill." Right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. We knew that, right? Right. right. But like, how are we going to market this now that you yeah. paid the printer's bill? Now that we have books sitting in boxes, mm-hmm. what are we going to do yeah. now? And I you're know a what I'm going to do. in that process. A partner. Yes. I think it was Frank Miller that said when he did Sin City for Dark Horse, when he took it to Bob Shrek, I think he mm-hmm. said something to the effect of, uh, uh, they were like, well, how should we split up the royalties? Like 50-50. Because if you got 50%, you're going to try your best to sell this, this stuff yeah. with me. Okay? And I, I kind of, I might misremember that, but I've, I remember learning something from that, which is like you make the, uh, the publisher as important to the process you know, instead of saying, I'll give you a little bit of money and we'll see how it does. Yeah, yeah. When they spend money, they want their money absolutely. back. Absolutely. <laughs> and they want to work for it. And they want to work for yeah, it. Absolutely. So I think participation with publishers is key. Yeah. And that's where I like that. You know, I think that is a good, uh, can be a healthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. 
So look, we're going to segue, and we're probably going to bring this to a close in a few minutes, but I want to ask you to talk a little bit about Street Code and uh, a little bit about Cuba, My Revolution. My, okay. my revolution. So start with, with Street, Street Code, Code, just to okay. let people know if, who may not know. Okay, so it. Street Code was uh, is funny, like, talking about, like, doing uh, superheroes for, for corporate, you know, superhero publishers. I gave three... I, there was a thing called Zuda. Mm-hmm, yes. Zuda yeah, was DC is. Comics' digital initiative It's kind of a, for a while. revolutionary, man. It, it kind it, of started it early great. on in the game, actually. And it's funny, because like, when we did Activate, and I heard this was starting up, mm-hmm. I actually went to the guys. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 Kwanzaa and... Oh, God, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, what was his name? Um, Peraza. Peraza. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I was like, hey, guys... It was like Macy's and Gimbal's. I was like, I'll give you any information I have because I've been doing this for a little while and I want to see you guys succeed because if you succeed, I succeed. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then eventually that led to me pitching three ideas. Mm. Two of them were superhero. One was semi-autobiographical. They went with the semi-autobiography. Yeah. Okay, which is cool. Uh, I guess it's also because I've been doing it well enough with the uh, Picar Ames yeah. and then eventually uh, Inverna. So um, I did this series for about a year and a half called Street Code, which Jack Kirby fans uh, know was the only uh, autobio story he ever did, which was called Street Code. Oh, that's right. Where it was set on the, in the Lower East Side. It's basically there. his yeah, Yancey Street like, yeah, gang origin. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. I, came up, I was paying homage to that. Yeah. Because that was kind of... My, my story, in a nutshell, was uh, is about a New Yorker who's grown up in Manhattan, and uh, he thinks he knows everything he needs to know about the city when he moves to Brooklyn. Yeah. And he realizes he knows nothing <laughs> because of what's going on in Brooklyn. So anyway, that was the initial pitch, which, again, where's the hook? I don't really know. You know, like, it's just semi autobio you know? But I told a lot of great stories. Yes. And that came out in Zuda. And then that transitioned to DC Digital when they got when they mm-hmm. shut down Zuda proper. But um, speaking to self-publishing and being motivated to do your own stuff, uh, I have a studio called Hangdai Studios in Gowanus mm-hmm. right now with Seth Kushner and Gregory mm-hmm. Benton. Right, of course. This is the new, yeah, yeah the new thing you guys launched. Yeah, that's what we've yeah. just launched, and uh, and we have other studio mates, uh, John Allen, mm-hmm. Kristen Pisano, uh, Swifty Lang, uh, and and a bunch of other folks. So anyway, and then there's three other studios down the hall because that's where Deep Six, who became Drawbridge, and there's Hypothetical Island. I mean, we're talking so about Joan Canary, yeah. <laughs> There's so Little, many things going Riley on. Riley Brown, yeah, George yeah. O'Connor, Simon Fraser, Mike Cavallero, Ellen Lindner, Robin Ha. Uh, down the halls, Kevin Colden and, and uh, Frank Reynoso, no. uh, and a whole bunch of folks. So anyway, with that in mind, we're like, well, there there are certain things uh, that I just want to sell published that mm-hmm. I just want that you can only get from me personally mm-hmm. at a convention or a signing. Think about reverse yes. engineering that yeah. stuff, okay? Yeah. So it's not like let me put it out online and then you can get it for free, or maybe I'll sell it and, you, and I and I deliver it to you via mail. No, you can't. Even, for me, you can't get that stuff. So I came up with something called Psychotronic Comics when yeah. we launched Hangdai yes, Editions, which is like it looks me. like that, that Comics Art Brooklyn. Then you launched. We then, did a Comics Art Brooklyn. Yeah, last and then year. we'll be at you know Mocha. <laughs> we're going to yeah, be at all the shows this year, right? Yeah. So we're going to have materials, and one of them, uh, Seth Kushner, is going to be self-publishing Schmuck as yeah. a book, yeah. okay? And then I'm going to probably be self-publishing other stuff. So the reason why I bring it up now, talking to Street Code, is if I can get Street Code back after its five-year you know, uh, limitation you know, on the contract, oh, cool. that could be something I would self-publish. And again, I'm investigating not only being able to have it uh, for sale via me only, again, a personal exchange mm-hmm. that we have together, mm-hmm. but maybe that would be my first foray into... 
distribution sure. with Hang Dai editions. Sounds good. Uh, so that's what that's about. And then speaking to Cuba, My, Revo- My Revolution, that's uh, one of, uh, that was a very personal project. Yes. Uh, because uh, Vertigo did this, right? Vertigo was the last thing I did for Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was edited by Joan Hilty. Yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously uh, given the green light by the lovely Karen Berger, who I can't wait to yeah. see what happens when she comes I, back Yeah, no, she, she, her, her, her thing is must be cooking now, which I have no idea what she's we, doing. Yeah, I, I, you probably I, know more about that. I don't know I do. anything, yeah. I swear. Yeah. I don't well, look I, at each other's I, eyes. I'm open to her from time to time, and she's under some NDA, so she can't talk about Close it. But she best. says, as soon as it's up, Calvin. Yeah. So, so I'm we're going to find that. We're going to find that. And I told her, take me with you. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so she she sanctioned that, and it got through, and we did this book. And, and the reason why this is important to me is because Inverna Lockpez is like a second mother to me. Mm. And little by small, over the years of like visiting her, with, with, she was a great friend of my mom's, um, she would trickle out this little story about Cuba because I always knew she escaped Cuba but what does that even mean? Just like earlier when I was like what's it like to come to New York City? I don't know. What's it like to escape your home? Like you have to leave your home and what was that all about? And then I'm finding out she she abandoned her dreams of being an artist for a while (coughs) to be in Castro's militia because she she and like a lot of other people wanted this to happen, this beautiful thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And of course, it started to corrupt and go bad. It's right? an amazing story. So it's an amazing story. And little by small, and the, the great thing about that story for me is that she saw me grow as an artist, little by small, and telling yeah. other people's life stories like a Picard or Jonathan Ames or my own. And she saw that she gave me the confidence to say, all right, you know what? We can do this now because yeah. you're ready to do this, yeah. to tell my story. Well, it's a great historic uh, re- recapitulation of the Cuban Revolution yeah. and one person's uh, surviving it. Yes. Uh, and then recreating herself in, in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there was a, 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 an ex- exhibition in Red Hook. In Red Hook? Gallery. Uh, the I, Gallery. I was I able to write a little essay that for was a great it. Essay. it was an, and then I was able to moderate a great panel thank with you. you and Inverna. It was really was great. Uh, a fabulous great. thing. So Thank um, you, Calvin. Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Dean, for asking me to do it. And I'm, I, this, I think, is just the right time to kind of bring this to a close. Sure. Thanks to Dean Haspel for appearing on uh, More to Come. Thank you. All thank right. You.